The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. This is Jen and it is so great to be with you guys this morning. And wow, has there been a lot going on in the world? And one of the things that's been happening that's been under the radar, in other words, they're not publicizing it, they're doing a sneaky Pete action with something called the WHO Health Treaty. And I want you to take a listen to a great segment on Blaze TV with Glenn Beck, who clearly outlines what is going on with Daniel Horowitz. Daniel is uh, able to walk us through these actions, and I want you to take a listen. Daniel, you have uh, you have done a lot of work on this, and you've you started this years ago, um, but you really have boiled this down to what's happening next week. Daniel Horowitz, writer for uh, uh, The Blaze and uh, Conservative Review. Daniel, tell me what's happening here. Well, great to be back with you, and I'll say it's worse than having our national sovereignty abrogated. It's really our bodily sovereignty. Uh, Typically, these international treaties would affect the sovereignty of our nation. This will affect our bodies because the wheel started to churn in the minds of those behind this entire COVID regime, the Great Reset, over the last year. Wow, the people are really acquiescing to this pretty easily, but they were a little bit perturbed that you did have Sweden, you had Florida, you had some areas doing their own thing. So their goal is to create a pandemic treaty that will synchronize and consolidate the control under these global authorities where they could basically lock you down. They could force, uh, you know, therapeutics on you, say, you know, you're a public health threat. This is what you need to do. We're going to declare your region a public health emergency and we can do anything we want. Now, they were working on that for a while, and I was always wondering where the Biden administration was, because you know they support it. They were awfully quiet. Well, it turns out that they quietly submitted amendments to this 2005 International Health Regulations in January. No press conference, no uh, press release on the WhiteHouse.gov website. We sent them. Our White House sent them. Yep. They sent them, and you could see the strike through and... Basically, every the, the upshot of it is it takes away the determination of the state. The WH Secretary General shall, instead of may, do this. Take, took out all the consultation requirements with the state. But we didn't even know about this until a few weeks ago. Um, and they're going to submit it at this conference. And like you said, the reason they're doing this is because Biden knows he doesn't have 67 votes for a treaty. So like everything else they do, rather than a treaty, a law, really everything they did throughout COVID, you just do it executively or make an end run around it. So they're going to have a de facto treaty without calling it that. And that's the way they plan on getting this passed. And look, Biden claims to already have the support of Canada and and most of Europe. So this is uh, this puts the WHO in charge of really any kind of. Uh, pandemic, any kind of uh, traumatic event anywhere in the world. They're calling the shots, not our local or our national people, but the WHO, correct? 
Well, in plain English, China. Um, and, yeah. and, I, and I think I think you can't discuss this WHO effort in a vacuum without noticing last week the Biden administration held this what he called the global COVID summit. And the sum the summation of everything that was said on that Zoom get together was essentially there is a worse pandemic coming in the fall and winter. Now, how they would know that is kind of interesting. Uh, but I think we should take them seriously, that they might know something that you and I don't. And they seem to be into indicating that, yeah, you know what, maybe COVID wasn't quite that bad, but this is going to be really bad. Now, think about how uh, Wuhan gaslit the world to respond in the way they did. And now you have a whole new level of Shanghai. And then now they're saying there's going to be an even worse pandemic that perhaps should uh, engender a need for an even more severe lockdown like we're seeing in shanghai are they saying that that's, that's coming what they're trying to accomplish uh, are they saying that's coming next winter this coming fall winter yes because uh, you know this uh, treaty um the the changes kick in in november you know they don't kick in right away you have to wait until next fall right around election time when they kick in so the way glenn the way i understand it is that under the current rules, uh, a party could rescind their support, a state actor could rescind the support for the regulations uh, within 18 months. So the amendments would truncate that period to six months, which, as you note, is designed to basically correlate with the lame duck session of Congress, wow. where maybe, maybe it will be after the election, but before the new Congress is sworn in. Okay, everyone, there you have it. I thought that was an excellent summation of where we are right now with your and my health care being relegated to China. So we have something to be concerned about. Stay tuned. I have Peter Husey in studio. He's an expert on China. We're going to discuss China, Taiwan, the WHO treaty. We'll be right back. Success Happens is brought to you in part by Flamingo Pool Supply, Industry Lane Frederick. The best for your pool today. Are you ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred with plant-based protein? Antioxidant fruits, organic greens, and veggies, plus gut health? For a fraction of the cost you are already spending, this super 30-day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, Reset metabolism, lift brain fog, increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live organic non-GMO superfood nutrition delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to superfoodswithjen.com. I'm Dan Cox, endorsed for governor by President Trump. In 2020, our elections were stolen, and we lose our rights if we don't have secure elections. As your governor, I will bring election integrity back to Maryland. But we are just short of our media purchase goal, and our deadline of June 7th is looming. We need five patriots to donate $6,000 each, or about 50 to donate 500 each, or any amount. Please donate today at coxforfreedom.com, because freedom lost is rarely regained. Paid for by Dan Cox for Governor, Walter Charlton Treasurer. 
When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh-made selections, including dairy-free and all-natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have in studio with me today Peter Husey. And we are talking about the seriousness of external control on our rights, our constitutional rights, and even the authority given to us by God that exist and are captured within those constitutional rights. So this is very, very serious what we're dealing with with WHO. Good morning, Peter, and welcome back to Success Happens. Well, and welcome uh, you as well, uh, Jan. Uh, Jen, uh, it's wonderful to be here, and thank you. Yeah, very good. So, Peter, in your uh, expert opinion, what is the significance of what the Biden, I'll call it the O-Biden administration, has done to relegate our health authority to an external force that could say at any time, you know what, I think this is a pandemic, we'll call it a pandemic, we own your health care. Well, the old saying, don't ever let a crisis go to waste, uh, WHO and the administration is figuring out, hmm, what about never let an anticipated crisis go to waste, is that WHO could say, well, I, we think the United States is undergoing some kind of pandemic, uh, they won't admit it. And, oh, by the way, your airplanes can't fly into these airports unless they're vaccinated or your ships can't go here or you can't travel. What a great way to shut down the U.S. economy and use leverage to get what you want. And then the administration says, oh, we have to do the following in order to make WHO happy. I understand that the the rationale is this. The WHO missed the pandemic in China. They did it on purpose, as you know. But now they're saying, okay, we're sorry. We won't do that again. Give us the unilateral authority to declare that a country is undergoing a pandemic. That's the problem. Because you you have no control over what they do. The Chinese could use it as a lever. Anybody uh, as an enemy of the United States could use it as a lever to shut us down. So when you look at, you know, the the issues around even personal forcing. You know, we saw it in Australia. Yeah. They grabbed people. They took their kids away. Yep. The, the, um, the tactics that were used were nothing short of uh, communist Gestapo tactics to force people to uh, take the jab or well, lose their kids. Exactly. Or, and when you look, you know, Peter, one more thing, and then I want you to comment is when you look at the things that have gone on in Venezuela, and they call it socialism. Guys, this is not socialism. We need to stop calling it socialism. We are facing communist takeover. So, Peter, how do you, uh, what are your thoughts on that, and how do we avert this? How do, how do the American people take control of our future? Well, it- Elections have consequences, and the problem is we can't, we don't have a parliamentary system that can have a no confidence vote and uh, take down a prime minister. So we're stuck until at least November 
uh, or January next year in terms of Congress, and then we're stuck until January 2025 with respect to the administration. The administration has got to be prevented in legislation from ceding any authority to the WHO, period. That's what I would do. Remember, they tried to do this with guns with the UN, that the UN was going to pass legislation uh, banning certain kind of handguns, and then the administration would say, well, sir, we can't do anything. The UN said we have to do this, and so we adopt a plan that basically violates our Constitution's Second Amendment. Okay? So that's what – this is a very tricky way of saying our hands are tied. We have to go along with the UN, and Congress should just say no. The United Nations has no authority to take away our constitutional rights, period. I mean, that's when, as simple as I can make it. Yeah, no, I think that's excellent. And when you look at what Glenn just uncovered here is that the correlation and timing between our upcoming election, where we know we're going to have a red wave, unless they overtly flip the votes and do the nonsense they did in 2020, which we know happens. Election fraud happened in 2020, 100%. Just need to watch 2,000 mules. And apparently there's some more information coming out about election fraud that's going to be epic. So if they pull that again in 20, in 20, you know, 22, you know, maybe they, they stave off the Republicans taking over the House and so forth. But I don't think so. So what they've done is they've timed it so it hits before they take control, and then they are subject to whatever transpired before them. Is that accurate? Well, I think that the administration is doing is to tell the WHO, don't do anything during the election. Uh, but the problem is the, 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 uh, the horse is out of the barn, cat's out of the bag. You know, people like Glenn Beck and others are saying, well, wait a minute, uh, just delaying this until after the election to go into force yeah, it, you can say, well, no, 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 we haven't done anything yet. Well, we know it's coming, and I think that's going to boomerang and have people come, come out to vote. So, no, wait a minute. I'm not giving uh, my private health care decisions over to the WHO. I mean, heck, look how bad they were with respect to the Wuhan virus. Well, and they are definitely controlled by the Chinese, are they not? Well, it, like the UN used to be when I worked there controlled by what we call the group of 77 which was 77 less developed countries plus the russians and the communist countries and some of the uh uh more socialist minded european countries they always could win every vote in the general assembly and in the various councils so yes the chinese on who they kind of own the guy who runs it who is uh, uh from uh, pedros yeah pedros who is noted for basically covering up a cholera outbreak in his country i believe it was ethiopia and covering it up and having tens and tens of thousands of people die. So, I mean, it is – the U.N. system, unfortunately, uh, Jen, is someone who worked there for three years in the 70s at the U.N. Environment Program, is terribly, terribly corrupt. And it is not on our side, by and large, with some exceptions. So let's look, Peter, uh, for a quick uh, few minutes here about the impact of – the China situation, I want to start by saying I do believe there's a, some common ground between Ukraine and Taiwan just from the different information that I've gotten. And it's important for people listening to understand that the, there's a direct correlation 
that has been uh, proven, actually, by Monkey Works, and you should follow him on YouTube if you're not already. Monkey Works tracks air traffic, uh, shipping, and so forth. He's done a fabulous job on the supply chain issues. But he correlates the... Um, the bombings in Ukraine by Putin at, and his group to the bioweapon labs and research labs in Ukraine that U.S. is involved with, and there is belief from another source that the uh, China virus, as we like to call it, out of Wuhan, actually may have originated in one of these Ukraine labs and tra been transported to Wuhan. That has not been uh, officially uh, determined, but there is a possibility that that occurred. In other words, these bioweapon labs are producing toxic pathogens like anthrax and smallpox and so forth. So this notion that one we could be looking at a pandemic in the fall that's on that's being scheduled coming to your town near you and uh there now we're looking at taiwan and apparently taiwan also has quite a few u.s uh international weapon bioweapon and research labs in their country and it is my understanding that the intention is to take those labs down as well to prevent these future pandemics. Any thoughts on that? It's much simpler than, than, than that, Jen. The United States has very strict rules about what kind of research we can do here. So unfortunately, we have farmed out a, a variety of research. And ostensibly, what it is designed to do is pro, uh, provide protection against bio outbreaks uh, that could decimate a population. The you mean problem, like the one we just went through? Yeah, the, the problem is there's there's a, it's a two-sided sword. You can develop a protection against a bioweapon or a, a virus, but you can also manipulate it so that it only hits certain ethnic groups or people with certain kinds of DNA. And I know from my talking to people high up in our U.S. government, they came across the Chinese work where they were doing exactly that. They said, oh, no, no, we're developing medicines that are particular to your DNA or your particular ethnic group or your particular kind of race, and it's going to work better. But there was a flip side, and the flip side, they were developing pathogens and viruses that only hit certain kinds of ethnic groups and certain kinds of people with certain kind of DNA. That is what the research I'm worried about. Uh, the, the Taiwan thing is that's – that's not the, the issue there. All over the world, the Chinese and the United Nations and various private industry do work, which wouldn't be allowed in the United States. So they just farm it outside. So that, it's simple. It's farm it outside, do it over the, uh, on the other part of the world, and keep it quiet, which is what, as you know, happens. And that was what we do in the Wuhan. We were spending money on Wuhan to have access to what the Chinese were doing, and we covered it up. Uh, particularly Dr. Fauci, uh, wouldn't even admit that he was going through another party. But nonetheless, that's what the virus came from. It came from the Wuhan lab. It, whether it leaked out or on purpose, doesn't matter. Is The Chinese knew it was bad, and they said 10,000 people a day, a day, were flying from Wuhan to the west coast of the United States and from Wuhan to northern Italy. And as you know, that's how the virus spread. And they so didn't when care. when you look at... So when you look at this targeting of the DNA, one of the other things I think that has happened is that they have targeted uh, 
people with multiple chronic illnesses. Look at the impact of the COVID on people who had heart issues, who were diabetic, who uh, were already vulnerable populations medically. And uh, so it was able to really um, rapidly uh, affect them in a way that, you know, was in many cases um, lethal. So any thoughts about that in terms of, because you talk about it it attacking, you know, particular uh, ethnic groups, and I would also ask which ethnic groups have they determined were most affected by this? Well, if you look at the outbreak of the various variants of the the, uh, COVID virus, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Great Britain, the United States, Canada, what do they all have in common? Caucasian, English-speaking, does it? You have to go beyond, and those are all China's enemies. We're the people that would be the bulwark against anything what they're trying to do, whether it's going after Taiwan or I mean, everybody talks about Taiwan. The Chinese are making claims on Japanese islands, Russian Siberia, northern India, and most of the South China Sea and Taiwan. And believe it or not, this is not this. I'm not making this up. They claiming that the moon, yes, the moon and Mars are Chinese territory. Now, if they put a lunar facility on the moon that is able to control access to space, that's why the space race is so absolutely critical. They will control the entire uh, atmosphere around the Earth and the uh, orbiting satellites because you could do that from the moon. These are, these are very serious people. They're not messing around. And that's why I think... Recently, Senator Talent, former senator from Missouri, very good defense expert, has laid out that we do not have the ability right now probably to defend Taiwan. And that is very important because Taiwan, as I told you, is a huge aircraft carrier in the Western Pacific. And if you control Taiwan, you control completely the access to Japan, uh, the Republic of Korea, the Straits of Malacca. And guess what? Right now they have $34 trillion of GDP in that area. In the year 2030, it's going to be 50 trillion, and it's going to be 5 billion people out of the world's 9 billion people, okay? So once you control that, you are the world's economic hegemon. And and if you think we're going to prosper under that, you, you're crazy. Once the Chinese control things, it's going to be – they'll have the reserve currency. You'll have to buy Chinese mabibis in order to buy oil because right now all oil is sold in the world market by having dollars. And that makes our dollar very valuable and very strong. So this is very serious stuff. Taiwan's not just a, a, an island of, you know, 24 million people on the other side of the globe. Controlling that means that you basically have control of a th- basically half of all the GDP in that part of the world. And there you then control access to raw materials, oil, gas, and Japan's the third largest economy in the world. Korea's the 10th program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. It is great to have Peter Husey in studio with us. And Peter is a geostrategic um, consultant with many people in Washington, and we really appreciate your insight and uh, and experience to look at what's going on. Peter, let's talk about Taiwan. What is the impact of this China-Taiwan conflict on U.S.? And one thing that was 
the Biden administration said they were going to step in and get involved, but then they walked it back. So could you talk about, are we going to be involved in this China-Taiwan conflict? Well, let me, let me preface it by saying we're not obligated to do anything. The Taiwan Relations Act, which we signed back in 1979 and then have amended it, says we will help Taiwan purchase weapons or get weapons in the open market or even from us. But we did not pledge to send American forces. That's number one. Number two, the problem is I've tried to – as I've said repeatedly, if you own Taiwan – you own the Western Pacific and access to the Indian Ocean and the South Pacific and the South Asia. And that combined very shortly in 2030 will be $50 trillion out of a world's economy of about $100 trillion and $5 billion out of the 9 billion people in the world. So you would basically be the world's economic hegemon, meaning you run the show. You set the rules. There wouldn't be any uh, fair trade anymore. Uh, oil would be uh, – the world's reserve currency would be – uh, the Chinese Mabibi, not the United States dollar. And you got to understand, China plays by its own rules, and those rules have nothing to do with free enterprise. They basically run a criminal enterprise masquerading as a country. And that's not unlike Russia. It's not unlike the KGB under, and what Mr. Putin now is doing, not on the Soviet system, but the Russian system. It's very similar. Well, with all due respect, Peter, I would say that's happening in U.S. also. We're just waking <laughs> up to it. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. Is, uh, the problem with free trade, free enterprise, free investments has a huge impact on our economy. I mean, that's why we fought so hard to, you know, Reagan comes in and what does he do? He deregulates. He has free production, huge production of oil and gas, uh, cuts taxes, uh, signs these new trade deals, which have been improved. And guess what? We go from a stock market of 900, which was no different than it was when Lyndon Johnson in February 1968 said, I'm out of here. I'm not going to run again. Over 12 years, the stock market goes up to 1,000 a couple times, but basically stays at 900. Reagan comes into office, and 20, well, by 2008, the stock market is uh, well over 10,000, 18,000. And Trump leaves office, it's 30, he got it up to 30, almost 34,000. Okay? That's unbelievable. And the prosperity in this country was enormous. Now, you want to give that up? That's what the Chinese are after. They don't care whether we're poor or rich. They care whether we're subservient to them. And if that means our income goes down by a third or two-thirds, look, our income's going down by the rate of inflation, right? It's also productivity. We get, what, $600 billion a year stolen by the Chinese on, in our intellectual property just from U.S. industry, which is what increases our productivity, which increases people's salaries, which makes a job attractive and a business attractive to stay here in America. The whole point of MAGA and America first and all that, whatever you want to call it, is let's take care of America, which means producing energy, deregulating the economy, lowering interest rates, lowering taxes, and getting rid of all this government spending, this huge multi-trillion dollars which has engendered this inflation. If you just increase the oil and gas production back where it was, I think you would cut inflation by two-thirds. So Taiwan has an enormous impact because that's the Chinese agenda. Control that, you control the Western Pacific, and as I said, $30 trillion of the world's economy going to $50 trillion. 
Well, the other thing I would say from my knowledge is that they are also the premier number one supplier of computer chips. Is that not correct? It is true. You can move those factories, but it would take you five years. So you're well, right. I'm not even saying move it. If they take control, they, China, take control over that asset, which is a global um, impact because everything we do, including uh, my refrigerator and my car, run off of computers anymore. True, so, but it, 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 China wants control in order to extort uh, uh, changes in our policy and also money. For example, they control a huge amount of our pharmaceuticals, okay? And the problem is it's not very good quality and we get stuff that doesn't work. They also control rare earth minerals, which go into electric cars, for example, okay? And solar uh, systems. So they have they enormous... they were selling us bad steel. I also got oh, that God, information. Yes. They were dumbing down the steel right. so it was poor quality. Well, remember they were selling us dog food that had formaldehyde in it. The, the right. quality control in China is not very good. Their goal by 2025 was to have all the major raw materials in the world bought from China. So whether it's good quality or not, they don't care. They want monopoly on this system, on, the, on these products. And that's what we ought to take it away from them. That's going to take a lot of hard work because we have a Wall Street that doesn't care where they make their money. And if China can make them more money, they do it. And I think it's so highly immoral. I'll give you an example. The United States invests in stock market for the U.S. military and for the U.S. civilian retirement funds. All fine. But there's a fund that they invest in called the International Fund, of which you have Chinese military companies, which Wall Street says, well, so what? And you're talking about a very high portion of the, about $50 billion a year. Overall, China, Americans have invested about $1.6 trillion in the Chinese economy by buying their, their stocks or, or investing. It's crazy. Why are, we, why are we investing in a country that's building weapons designed to kill our friends in Korea or Taiwan as well as kill Americans? It's absolutely nuts. But Wall Street, it's real simple. It's greed. People make a huge amount of money and they don't want to tick off the Chinese, so they play this game of investing and China doesn't play by the same rules. And when you have a mutual fund in America, I have to reveal everything about that fund, all the companies in it. And the Wall Street says, well, China's not complying, so so what? And the SEC doesn't come down on them. I know the previous administration tried to ban this kind of investment, but now this uh, new administration has gone the other way. So when we look at Wall Street and capitalism, the heart of capitalism is this free trade uh, notion, and that really is encapsulated in Wall Street. We look at Wall Street well, as the premier place in which things are bought and sold, and, and yet when people go against, when people are frustrated with capitalism, I think what they're frustrated with is what you're talking about, which is actually Wall Street, and they conflate well, the I would Well, I would say I'm, we're frustrated with cronyism, where the rules aren't, you don't obey by the rules. You know, American companies have to play by the rules, but not Chinese companies. That's not fair. And I would look at it, I don't call it capitalism, because socialism and communism uses money. In fact, they, they use more money than we do. They just waste it and, and, and devalue their currency. And free enterprise is what I'm, I look at it as, of which capital is critical as it is for any economy. You, socialism doesn't, it didn't de-invent uh, money. The problem is, what rules? And if the rules are unfair 
and China gets to play by its own set of rules and then we get to play by the rules they set for us. That's patently unfair. And that's how we did these trade deals. They weren't, weren't free trade. They weren't even fair trade. They were basically, you know, heads I win, tails you lose. And the previous president said, we got to change that. And notice how hard it was to even change that, is that when I was in uh, Japan, I remember studying, you could get a Buick for about $42,000, of which 34000 was taxes. But the Toyotas that they were selling in America were coming in tariff-free. Okay? And those are the trade deals we made originally, which just were tactically unfair. And finally, we figured out, well, we'll have them build factories here in America. And thank God we got American folks working in them. But again, uh, Jen, you're, you're right. Uh, we basically ceded the rulemaking to our adversaries and competitors. Dumb, yes. So, and can it know, be Peter, reversed? Yes. I would just want to say thank you for all of the hard work and, and leadership you provide in this area. It's so important for us to understand the impact of what's going on internationally on what we're, what we're going through locally. And, uh, you know, as evidenced by now this baby formula situation, they're getting oh. ready to ship in two, mi- <laughs> yes. two million cans of baby formula. I think it's coming from UK. Yes. So, you know, there's there, the, the notion that there is a global market is real, and we have to take back our sovereignty, yes. you know, one production facility at a time, and make sure that we are not subject to, reliant upon, or vulnerable to external forces. And that includes our health care as well as, you know, our products and services. So I, I want to say thank you. We're going to wrap up now. I, everybody stay tuned. We have a great interview coming up with Dan Cox where he's going to talk about uh, this idea of health care locally. How does the WHO decision, along with the o, o Biden administration, uh, relegating authority to the WHO going to impact you and me locally in our health care? This is something we all need to be aware of, and you need to let your voices be heard from Annapolis to Washington. Because if you don't speak up, they think you don't care. And it's going to take people getting out of their homes and off their sofas and walking in marches or going to the Capitol steps so that people understand in leadership that there are serious consequences and elections have consequences, but so do bad leadership decisions, God willing, if we can save our election process. Everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned for Dan Cox running for governor in the great state of Maryland. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Uh, Flamingo Pool Supply and Dianovich & Associates, a great security company. We'll be right back.